You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Do you love sci-fi, horror, and fantasy films? Then grab a badge for Otherworlds Film Festival, the country's premier sci-fi film festival. There will be Q&As, panels, parties, and mixers. Rub elbows with up-and-coming and established filmmakers, as well as like-minded filmgoers. Come celebrate our seventh year, December 3rd through 6th, at the Galaxy Highland in Austin, Texas. Badges are now for sale at otherworldsfilmfest.com. That's otherworldsfilmfest.com. You know, I really love that movie Groundhog's Day, but it always makes me feel a little chilly. It's so cold there. I know, right? (laughs) I mean, why couldn't they have said it someplace nice and sunny? Hey, I have an idea. And that idea turned to Palm Springs as Hulu picked up this blockbuster comedy through Neon starring Andy Samberg and that poor lady who played the mom for one season on that sitcom nobody cares about anymore because it ended badly. (laughs) I don't even know which one you're talking about. (laughs) How he met your mother. Kristen Milotti. After seeing this movie, I went, what in the fuck were you guys doing keeping her in the background? Right? She's great. I mean, she's easily funnier than anyone on that show. Except for maybe Neil that's, Patrick Harris. Well, yeah, you can't beat Neil Patrick Harris. He's, he's a national treasure. <laughs> yeah, Kristen Milotti, who just recently has started to get, I would even call profile film roles, despite having been nominated for a Tony and won a Grammy for starring in Once nice. on Broadway and playing Betsy Salverson in the second season of Fargo. Yeah. Here's the one that I think is really going to propel her to being a big name and as well she should now that doesn't mean that i necessarily think palm springs is the be all get all of comedies mm. i'm aware that most of the world really disagrees <laughs> with me but well chris chris it's not just a comedy it's a modern sci-fi rom-com <laughs> <laughs> oh yes you're right i didn't declare it by all its terms appropriately you're correct tessa <laughs> I feel like there should be a whole new qualification that's just boy i wish i had been the one to make groundhog's day qualification because it happens so often not that i think there's any way that he didn't know how important he was to the world of comedy because harold ramus was a genius who created some of the funniest homes ever made including groundhog's day but already people were saying nothing new is left to be done Mm -hmm. and that guy did that movie (laughs) and everybody was like why didn't i think of that and had to do their own version literally i don't think there is a genre television Mm -hmm. show that hasn't had a groundhog's day episode right there's buffy there's you know uh, the mummy hand yep i mean netflix already did one last year russian doll there's a whole show that's getting a second season that is their version of groundhog's day and it's excellent <laughs> absolutely really yep. loved it this one says you know who we'd like to make into an even bigger star you know who we think is the next adam sandler someone probably said with a straight face is andy samberg <laughs> <laughs> but before we go any further let me introduce my supporting cast here i've got hunter howdy harmony hello and tessa hello 
Tessa, so glad to finally do a review with you. Usually yeah. you, you come on mainly for the gaming. Yeah, lately I've been I've been gaming it up pretty hard. But uh, I was really excited when I saw the trailer for this one. I usually don't go in for rom-coms, but the fact it was sci-fi, I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll give it a whirl, you know? Also knowing it's a time loop and... I kind of enjoyed Happy Death Day. Happy Death Day 2 wasn't quite as good. I also liked Edge of Tomorrow. This one didn't quite have the perk of seeing Tom Cruise die over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) That is enjoyable, yes. That's neither here nor there because Palm Springs is being hailed as a modern cinematic comedy masterpiece by many people who've written things on IMDb. (laughs) (laughs) By all the tomatoes. (laughs) I wouldn't say cinematic masterpiece but it's good i very much enjoyed it so i enjoyed it directed by max barbacow written by andy sierra who's worked before on the show lodge 49 both of them really have just worked on television and shorts so this is really a feature debut for both this premiered Mm -hmm. in sundance in january of this year neon picked it up and then ended up going okay i guess we're doing a home release working with hulu to do this this broke the record at sundance for the most amount of money paid for a film by a studio which beat the previous record by 69 cents. This is so great. <laughs> nice. Nice. But yes, Andy Sandberg plays Niles when we meet him. He is waking up next to his girlfriend, Misty, played by Meredith Hagner. On the wedding day of some mutual friends of theirs, Tala and Abe, both of which being played by familiar television CW actors, Camilla Mendez plays Veronica on Riverdale and Tyler Hoechlin, who plays Superman on various different CW yeah. shows. We see their relationship is not great. Uh, she's kind of annoying right off the bat. He looks bored and literally says, I want you to kill me. So you're like, well, this is going terrific. <laughs> but it's the wedding day and we expect he's just going to be sitting in the corner depressed and drinking. But no, he's actually up and about. He is dancing like a madman and making the moves kind of the, the sister of the bride, played by the aforementioned Kristen Melody as Sarah, who is confused as to what is even happening. But this guy's dancing moves are kind of sick and almost psychic and he gets up and delivers a speech where everyone's like we don't even know who this guy is that blows away everyone and it's about at that moment that i went oh he's already been stuck in it it's groundhog's day only we're watching it in the middle of the movie yeah yeah i kind of love that it was like he's already there he's he's in the thick of it he's been there for a literally the movie never tells you amount of time it could have been a thousand years for all we know for Mm -hmm. he doesn't know he forgot what his job was. Yeah. <laughs> we discover when, you know, he ends up getting Sarah to go out with him and they go out into the desert and they're they're going to like fool around when uh, J.K. Simmons comes out of nowhere and basically starts <laughs> shooting him with arrows. And he runs into this cave that's nearby with this big glowing light coming from it. And he starts screaming back, no, don't follow me to Sarah. It's like, where are you? She gets sucked in along with him into this curse of the ever repeating immortality day that we see he's been in for a while, but for her is brand new. Her first step is when she realizes shit, this is the same day is to find him and start throwing beer cans. Is Adam in a pool? (laughs) She put it together. Which wasting beer, might I add rude. (laughs) So it's the story of two people going through Groundhog's Day, basically, uh, technically even three. Mm-hmm. It really wants to be a film about talking about how to approach life when you get bored and what's the point of existence in the same way that most of these things try to be to one way or another. But I felt like they hadn't finished writing that part of the script when they were told to go into production because it dances nicely and pleasantly enough around some general aphorisms about being pleasant to other people in life. <laughs> but I felt like it spent entirely 
probably too much time acting like it was going to do something much more important than it ends up actually doing. I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was kind of a neat take on that to come across somebody who's already stuck in the loop and to join them in the loop. So I kind of like that that was a, a different take on the, the Groundhog Day story. And that's what we're just going to call it, the Groundhog Day story, because that is the basis of all of this. <laughs> so I liked it. I would rather it had like maybe delved a little deeper into the kind of the emotional issues but it just yeah you're right just kind of danced around it i i would have liked a little more depth i think i'll be the person to say it this is my favorite movie of the year by far oh, okay wow. right now it's funny chris brings up adam sandler because andy sandberg has been in a lot of outside of brooklyn 99 which i just adore right. uh he He's just had this movie career that I love pretty much every movie he's in, except for That's My Boy, which I think is dog shit. <laughs> but, but I love Hot Rod. I, I love Popstar. Popstar knows exactly what it's trying to be. But I remember he did that one film, uh, Celeste and Jesse Forever, which uh, Rashida Jones wrote and I think directed. Don't hold me to that. I remember watching that and going, oh, he really wants to be able to do some drama and this mm-hmm. just isn't working for him. This script allows him to kind of go ahead and delve in that a little more. One of my favorite scenes is the scene where they're getting arrested on the side of the road. <laughs> and it gets very real very quickly. And it's almost to an uncomfortable extent, but it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And that's the scene where I really, to speak to Chris's point, was like, wow, you just did not allow Kristen uh, Milani to go ahead and do this on How I Met Your Mother, which is maddening i get the point about wanting to dive a little deeper but i think throughout the story especially about halfway through i got enough of that deeper aspect to warrant it Mm, okay i don't think it's that i want them to dive deeper i want to do the amount of time they spend acting like they are to actually have been written appropriately for that because the movie comes to a screeching halt repeatedly as it pretends it has something to say and it never really does nothing that you didn't see coming from a million miles away and sandberg's playing the same character he plays in most stuff which is not a criticism per se because he's had really good taste with a lot of the scripts that he's picked he's been in some decent films no question that were quite funny but he tends to always play a very similar type of character he's a slackadaisical loser Mm -hmm. he here is playing that guy where you can't blame him for being that way to some extent you're like okay i think i would probably fall back into that trap at least for a millennia or two if i were you as well but then when it starts getting to okay we want this to be about more and we want these characters to start thinking about things that reflect real life she's actually taking it seriously right. and, and then we're expected to have sympathy for him because he has this realization he's going to be alone unless he changes his mind real quick i was like no kind of fuck this guy you can do much better <laughs> than this dude yeah <laughs> so I actually thought that she was in that same mindset as far as, as settling on herself, because when you find out why, and it's so hard to not talk about this without spoiling yeah, yeah. it, but when you find out why she is as bitter as she is, it's because of this decision, which admittedly, I kind of had a feeling, but the way it's executed, you go, oh no. And it's a very not fun realization <laughs> once it comes out. J.K. Simmons in particular First off, his intro, you just see an arrow fly from out of nowhere. And that's one of the hardest laughs I've had all year. I was like, what the hell is happening? God damn it, Roy. And and J.K. Simmons, go figure, is greatness because it's J.K. fucking Simmons. He's great and everything. he, He really is. He has this monologue with Niles later on in the film that I just went, 
Bravo, sir. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, not surprising because J.K. Simmons. There are just these pockets, really, overall, where the film does get, quote, serious, unquote. Mm -hmm. Of course, you get the montages of Niles and Sarah kind of pushing this as far as it can possibly go. This is very much a neon movie. I think this is actually a very good companion piece with something like Ingrid Goes West, which is another film that I just absolutely adore. As far as where the movie ends up, and as far as the very uncomfortable realizations that Sarah and Niles do end up having about each other, of course he has to have the Jerry Maguire moment. And as cliche as those scenes always are, that in particular really kind of sold me as far as a nice bow on this. I do understand what you mean about going deeper, but it checked that box for me. I really did enjoy J.K. Simmons popping up. For a second there, when his character showed up, I thought maybe this was like the Watchmen and uh, Andy Samberg (laughs) needing someone to hunt him to keep things lively where he's been stuck in this loop forever. Like, that was my first thought. And then they reveal why J.K. Simmons is actually hunting him. That was very delightful and a nice little twist. I feel like I really enjoyed the solution to their problem they came up with. Because all these other movies, it's about changing patterns, karma, having a perfect day, doing everything right. I kind of enjoyed the solution to this one. The way that Milady's character, Sarah, decided to spend her time to try and solve this issue. The the Trekno babble, I, I kind of enjoyed that. <laughs> and also something really interesting about this movie coming out now, I know for me personally, I, I resonated with it a little bit with being in quarantine, with being isolated. There were days that yeah. feel like, you know, it's just the same thing every day, every day, every day. And, you know, how do I get out of this? <laughs> Was, was literally what I was thinking that while and then I how I go back to it is I go back to work and risk my life so there we go oh sweet death yeah sweet death <laughs> I kind of connected to it on that on that level same I did think that generally speaking the comedy in here was if not super laugh out loud funny strong no. was consistently funny right. like I was never not amused when these two characters especially Sandberg and Melody who had great chemistry together when they were there having fun then it really works I was like, you guys are terrific together. Terrific chemistry playing off each other, uh, as well as the all-too-brief flashback sequence of J.K. Simmons and Andy Samberg's characters becoming best friends. Yes. Love yeah. that. I could watch. A, I could have watched a whole movie that was just that just whole that. thing. That day. Like I said, yeah. it just hangs up for me when it tries too hard to get serious. And I did the stuff like you're talking about, like, oh, it's a different solution. It is, but something that like has also been explored in Groundhog's Day. Like, what would you do if you had all the time in the world? Well, I'd probably become an expert at lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just somebody going with something from Groundhog's Day that wasn't explored in that fashion and choosing to explore it. Mm -hmm. That's fine. To me, it is yet another film in the shadow of that film. And that's also okay. That's a whole new genre as far as I'm concerned. And they're not going to stop making movies and television shows based on that idea anytime soon because it's too great of a way to explore characters, especially for a long run running TV show that you haven't had a chance to really look into who some people are. Let's go into final thoughts here. Any last thing you guys feel like you got to either throw a dig in, either at me for being completely wrong or at this movie. Why don't you start, Hunter? All right. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully Chris doesn't give this lower than King of Staten Island. Because I feel <laughs> no. like this is, I feel like this is what everyone was telling me the King of Staten Island was going to be. And when I watched it, I went, I don't know what movie you guys are watching. I, I, I like this I, much better than King of Staten Island. Partially okay, because God. this was okay. 90 minutes. Right. Yeah. That's true. King Staten Island's almost like, felt like double this. 
this movie just works so incredibly well for me. Uh, this is really, again, what I wanted from Andy Samberg and Celeste and Jesse forever. Uh, Kristen Malati, again, thank God she's not going to just be tied and defined by how he met your mother, especially that last season, which good God almighty sucks out loud. Mm -hmm. Uh, J.K. Simmons, shocker, he's great in this. Um, Andy Samberg and him work together on I Love You, Man, and that their chemistry is great in that. And yeah, if there is a quote complaint, I wish I could have seen more Niles and Roy being nice to each other yeah. before Roy starts hunting him for sport. Uh, <laughs> that would have been, that would have been nice to see. I'm going to give this 9.3 inappropriate times to completion in a car out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) Harmony? Yeah, uh, I enjoyed this. Not as much as Hunter, apparently. I found myself entertained throughout the 90 minutes. That's pretty much all I can really say about it. Like, you know, it, it wasn't outstanding to me it was fun i enjoyed it i really liked sarah's character she's troubled she's already in the place where like nothing matters and then being thrown into this time loop is like nothing really matters you know so that that was interesting to me. i would recommend this you know for anybody who is like me who's feeling just kind of stuck in day after day of covid and you know here we are i think you already said that yeah i know you already said that too. <laughs> i know nice oh, no. <laughs> now i gotta go kill myself all right so so i'm gonna give this i'm gonna give this a 6.5 out of 10 unwanted bottles of orchid explosions tessa i very much enjoyed it I don't really have a lot of negative things to say about it. I feel like we could have had some developments on various relationships a bit more, but I feel like how they laid it out and where they dropped us in the story was really nice. And using Sarah as basically a surrogate for us, you know, that that was our entry into this world. And I liked their solution at the end. However, the one thing I didn't like was they neglected to loop Roy in on their plan at all at the end. Oh, you didn't watch the post credit scene. Oh, I did. What? Yeah, yeah because they, they flat out addressed that. It made clear that they did, in fact, let him. Yeah. Okay, good, yeah. good, good. I'm glad to know they weren't just jerks and just up and like been like, what? <laughs> Fuck you, right? Um, yeah, this film, it deals with, you know, a hard look at relationships. You know, what does, what gives life meaning? You know, very kind of like broad overview on these things and fear of change, you know. Or, or do you want to stay somewhere where you're comfortable or do you want to press forward and see where things lead? And so it's about these two characters just kind of growing together and realizing, you know, they got to get out of rut. I would give it 9.5 pizza inflatable floaty pool uh, loungers out of 10. So I've been very clear about the things in here that I didn't like. I do want to be clear that overall I did re- enjoy the film. I think of his light entertainment. I'm a little baffled that I know, Hunter, you're far from the only person I know listed on their first or first three favorite movies of the year. It's not even in my top 10, mm-hmm. but i glad I saw it. I had a good time with it. There's a lot of recognizable actors here. Peter Gallagher is in this as well. Yeah, June Squibb. Great. There's a lot of people you know. I was especially pleased with just a great little moment where they're going over all the people he's had sex with and the God knows how many times <laughs> that he's been through this because of course he has, right? Right. And she's like naming women that they've met and they name Darla, who's this very hard-living 60-something-year-old redneck lady played by the wonderful Dale Dickey. 
who mm-hmm. we see repeatedly at the local like shit kicker bar and he's like yeah and, she, and they're like she was great wasn't she he's like oh she was amazing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's a lot of nice little moments like that but there's a lot of moments that fall super flat too and like I said, the drama aspect of it didn't work for me at all, with the exception of some of the stuff they were doing with Simmons. I will give this movie credit forever for being the film that turned me on to Kristen Melody because she is a treasure. She is a discovery. I can't wait to see what else she's got coming up, because I thought she's just one of those people, you, you're you getting ready to laugh just looking at her. Something about <laughs> her seems like she's about to say something really funny the moment you see her. And sure enough, she probably is. So yeah, I, I enjoyed this. I'm going to give it... Seven out of ten times afterwards, I wondered, wait a minute, was June Squibb going through this too? Because you remember at the end, she said something that would seem to indicate she's aware of what's been happening. With the grandma? Yep. Yeah. She's like, you going to get out now? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, like, holy shit, she knows. Yeah. She's doing it too. June Squibb has fucked everyone in this town. (laughs) 